This podcast should not be considered as medical or legal advice. If you are looking for such advice, then do contact a professional. But please find someone that has a brain and can think critically about what's going on in the world today. This is the Collective Resistance Podcast with your hosts, Leo and Fabiola. We will be discussing why we find ourselves resisting the narratives of the common collective, as well as why the common collective resists new information. They manage to demonize coughs, sniffles, and having no symptoms at all, but normalize strokes, blood clots, neurological disorders, and die suddenly. Author unknown. Well, just like you mentioned with Amy, it's booster season again, booster mania yeah. um, at the high wire here. We uh, reported on this story as it was breaking uh, the highwire.com news section. FDA authorizes fourth, fifth booster doses for various groups and ages, bypasses expert vote. What they did was they allowed what they called a second booster of Pfizer and Moderna for 50 and overs. They allowed a Pfizer booster, a second booster, I should say, this is their language, wow. of, of Pfizer for 12 and over immunocompromised, and a second booster for 18 and overs for Moderna. Now, what's interesting about this um, was the, the, the science and the medical community has already been in an uproar. We reported on this since basically eight months, since August, since the first yeah. boosters began rolling out. They continually bypass this committee and it's been no different this time. Johns Hopkins, Marty Macari, he's a, a surgeon public policy researcher at the university. He took to Twitter and just blasted the CDC and the FDA. There is zero clinical data that a fourth dose reduces hospitalization risk, he writes. There isn't even any evidence that a third dose reduces hospitalization risk in young people. He goes on to say political interference over boosters was the issue behind two high-level FDA departures in the fall. There is no greater slap in the face of science than bypassing the customary FDA external ex expert voting process over an authorization with insufficient supporting clinical data. And what is he talking about? Well, on August 18th, 2021, the Biden administration during the first booster push uh, unilaterally announced boosters before the CDC uh, ASIP committee, the advisory committee, even met to talk about them, even met to go over the science. They just unilaterally did it. And what happened right after that was this headline. This is what Marty McCarry is talking about. Top FDA vaccine officials to leave agency as decision on COVID boosters looms. This is Marion Gruber, Phil, yeah. uh, Philip Cruz at the time. We talked about this. These are the two veteran vaccine researchers, decades of experience between them. They unexpectedly, unexpectedly left at the time. Now we know it was over this booster push with insufficient data. So now you know what's, you know what's right really terrifying to me right now, and, it, and I just made this connection after talking to Amy Bond about you have the bill that's trying to, uh, you know, uh, bring back the vaccination for children. It's trying to get rid of informed consent, but what she was discussing and, and using the, the, the bill using law enforcement to work for the health department. But what she's saying is they want the right that in California, they're trying to give the health department in California the right to override legislators, that there will be no more legislation involved in future vaccines 
vaccine decisions, that the vaccines will just be decided everyone by the health department if they want to add a booster, and by saying whatever the FDA or CDC recommends, we could go with that, even if they didn't speak to the vaccine uh, data you know, group or, or ACIP. So what you're seeing is there's a line being drawn straight from whatever globalist power system of the, the medical establishment right into our bodies without any interference. There's going to be no legislation inter interference is what they want. They don't even want to have the emergency use authorization standing in their way. If, the, if someone inside the FDA overrides all of the panels and groups, professional groups they normally relate to and say, hey, we're going with it because I work for Merck and that's, that's what we're going with, or I used to work for Moderna um, and I'm, I'm pushing this thing ahead. I believe in it personally. No professional groups, no EUA, straight to whoever wants it. The health department in California and other states just say, there it is. No legislators can get involved. Do you see how terrifying? They're just creating a direct line from pharma straight into our bodies with no ability to interject any legislators. And then if we stand up and complain about it, we're censored. If we actually walk down the street without it, they're going to use the, the, the law enforcement like military to like kick in our doors and arrest us. I mean, these people are freaking crazy. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> oh my gosh. Fabiola, well, how are you doing? I am uh, just, I mean, the disbelief of what continues to happen. Well, you know, we're, in we're, this we're, age of COVID. We, we are, uh, Going a little bit back to the uh, the basics here, you know, yes. because we've gotten away from talking about COVID. This but one episode, yeah, you you, you, the, you wanted to like COVID. revisit the greatest hits. No, it, uh, <laughs> no. but uh, I'm just like this, this this booster madness is just insane with zero clinical data, no evidence that a third or a fourth dose does anything to stop hospitalizations. Uh, giving the power to the health department now. <laughs> the the health department will have more power than any elected official. Lowering the age of consent. Now you want children 11 and 12 years old to to go get their shot and they don't even have to tell their parents. I mean, this is crazy. Hey, now let's give credit where credit is due. That is uh, Dell Bigtree's The High Wire. That was the uh, Jackson Report with his investigative journalist reporter, Jeffrey Jackson. Mm -hmm. And was that the most recent episode that aired? Mm, yes. It was? Okay, so that was just last Thursday mm -hmm. on, uh, that would have been the very last day of March, right? The 31st? Yes. Um, so we've got some other clips from that because it was a very good Jackson Report um, overall. Mm -hmm. and, and so we'll, we'll feature those. But, you know, I, I think that this particular episode was interesting you know we haven't talked about covid in a while in and a while. and uh you know we've been talking about some of this other stuff related to um getting out of the system and things of that nature also you know just uh, how do you uh stand up for yourself you know from a legal perspective and things mm -hmm. like that and, and so or how do you understand the legal system so you can advocate for yourself you can speak yeah for yourself without attorneys and other experts licensed professionals out there and we've gotten a lot of good feedback from the episodes from this season. And so, uh, you know, we haven't listened to them. Check them out. Yeah. And we're not done with those. We, we just you, you felt compelled to kind of come back to uh, the pandemic a little bit and, mm -hmm. and, and COVID here. And yeah, I was having a conversation with a coworker and he still believes it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Yeah. 
Yeah, you're like, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh, okay, all right, yeah. all right. So I wanted to bring this to the forefront and just add that, you know, CDC is recommending these uh, boosters. The FDA is saying, let's go, let's move forward, even though we're bypassing the expert votes now. Not that the expert votes did anything before. They would tell, they would say, oh, it's a bad idea, but let's go ahead and approve it anyway. Uh, but But now they're even bypassing that. There's like no... No layer in between well, and big I, pharma and well, and I thought it was body. interesting because um, you know we were talking this morning and you know we haven't really been that um, we have been studying what's been happening in the pandemic as closely as we have in the past because we've been moved on to some of these other topics you know mm -hmm. like how do we create solutions you know to go forward rather than kind of dwelling on this but you know we were talking with some friends you know this morning and 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 I was saying well you know I you know. One of our friends asked, you know, what what do you think, you know, is going on with the vaccine and, and stuff? And I said, well, I don't, I'm not sure that I think that at this point that it's a, you know, a massive culling operation. And then you jumped in and you're like, well, I have information. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I have, I mean, I don't, I have been researching because I've been noticing people around us like at I just had another coworker pass away. And nobody talks about why did they pass away and being in healthcare and in a religious organization. Uh, everybody talks about let's celebrate the life of such and such. And this is this been happening so often, nobody talks about why this is happening. Well, yeah, we're celebrating. I guess people do die, but I'm like, okay, we need I want to look at this a little more closely. Uh, and see what are people talking about as far as um, injury, deaths, people getting sick. Because just talking to our immediate group is obviously not, you know, um, sci the scientific method is right, right. more observational. So let's go back and take a look at the data. And speaking of data, there was a FOIA request um, submitted to the CDC last year. And finally, they came out with some data. They did not disclose what is the rate of um, vaccinated in their employee uh, population, but they did disclose that, which disproves the, continues to disprove the pandemic of the unvaccinated narrative, 70% of the the positive cases, the positive cases, you know, take that as you will, were breakthrough infections, meaning people that had been vaccinated and ended up reporting that either they had to go to the hospital or they were sick or they had a positive test. In the CDC's population, that was within the period between June and August of uh, 2021. So, if you guys don't know what a FOIA request is, it's Freedom of Information, Free Freedom of Information Act. Yes. Yeah, become familiar because probably be doing a lot more of those. Yes. <laughs> so, so where are you taking us on our great journey this evening? So I want people to start thinking about this, this, this booster mania happening. Now we're at the what is it the 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 third the first booster was the third shot. We're on to the fourth, which is now becoming the norm. Now you have your three, your series of three within 
a year. And now we're going on to the fourth and we have another clip of um, the FDA. Already priming. Yeah, already uh... priming for a fifth and a sixth, you know. So let's play that. Right. And, and, you know, just looking at this from the, FT, from the FDA standpoint, if you're immunocompromised or even 50 and over, it looks like you are just going to be in line for whatever amount of boosters that they want to give you. That's that's yeah. basically what they're saying. But now a day after this FDA press release broke, we had Peter Marks. He's uh, the FDA's head for the Center of Biologics Evaluation and Research. Uh, we've had a lot of uh, exchanges with him, with our lawyers. Yep. And he went on a press media call. Listen to what he had to say about the boosters. Will people uh, be expected to get another booster in the fall or summer, if that's uh, yeah, correct? Th- th- thanks, thanks for reminding me of that part of the question. So that there will be um, a, a discussion at the uh, at the uh, vaccines uh, uh, advisory committee meeting next week, where I think this will be uh, discussed. I, I, I should say that I, I, it would not be surprising um, if there is a, a potential need. I don't want to don't want to. Uh, shock anyone that, that there may be a need for people to get an additional booster in the fall, along with a, a more general booster campaign if that takes place, because we may need to shift over uh, to uh, a different uh, variant coverage. In other words, it may be uh, that a decision is made that uh, rather than uh, what we currently have, the vaccines we currently have, which are called vaccines against the prototype uh, virus that we will move to a vaccine that is either against one of the variants, um, whether it's Omicron, Beta, or Delta, or something else. I can't say right now. That's for discussion, or whether it's some mix of different ones. Um, but it's possible that people will need to get another vaccine there, and, and this the, getting this booster will not huh, preclude people uh, from getting that booster necessarily if there's evidence that another booster could be of benefit. Man, I'm telling you, the high wire would be half as long if these people could just say exactly what they mean instead of just, like, drum up this ridiculous word salad. I mean, it's like, here, here's what he's basically saying. Yeah, COVID boosters till the end of time, probably every couple of months. We've already given you four or five. We're looking towards six uh, in just the first year. So what do you think? Of course, boosters are coming. Yeah, we're going to try and hit other variants, probably try and pack them all to a vaccine. You know, that probably won't work either. But, you know, I'm supposed to tell you, well, there's a chance there could be a booster folks get ready if you're already on that conveyor belt it never ends for you doesn't matter that it doesn't work they've wiped out your immune system and they have no other plan for you except to keep trying to boost you every couple of days with a brand new product where they make billions and you get sicker and sicker and sicker sicker and sicker and sicker yes i was just thinking about some friends that ended up in you know, got the shot because the employer said, hey, you got to get it. We will take religious exemptions, but you got to cite Bible verses and you got to have it signed by a pastor. I mean, and people are just like, okay, I guess I'm going to go ahead and get this over with, with and do it. It's like, you're not getting off this conveyor belt. Yes. You're not getting off of you it. You think it's just these two? It's like, oh, I just get this and I'm good. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, boosters in the summer or fall coming near you. Uh, 
based based on the different variants, which we like to call them scariants, <laughs> which are basically computer glitches. If you don't know that, go back a few of our episodes. We we explain at all how these variants come up, and let's say it's not a natural occurrence, like most people think. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was interesting that. Uh... Dr. Marks there who was speaking is like, you know, we're going to be in discussion on, you know, we're going to create a new uh, vaccine that is uh, targeted at a specific variant or maybe a multivariant, you know, it, it's like... The in silico? Yeah, because I don't want to, I don't want to tell you exactly variant. what we're thinking because it's all under discussion, you know, mm-hmm. but I mean, it, it's just this... It uh, just continues to get more and more ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I, I'm hoping what what I'm hoping is, is that this is uh, really proven out what we've been talking about to people who were even maybe sitting the fence. And like you said, some people just going out, look, I just did it because, you know, it seemed like it was going to be too difficult for me to find a pastor, you know, uh, which we didn't even need a pastor. You don't need a pastor. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have your, to... Your religious beliefs or your they're spiritual yours. beliefs are yours between you and They have the nothing creator. to do with a pastor. Yeah. You know, so it's just... A Come re- on, grow up, people. Grow the Learn fuck to up. speak for <laughs> yourself. So, well, I mean, it's it, it may take that somebody's going to have to know someone or be injured themselves, right? I mean, we... we Which... We know how that goes. Takes it takes us back to why we started this podcast, mm-hmm. because we do have a child that was injured by a series of vaccines and we believed we knew from the beginning of this where it was going we knew that the mask all of this was just an excuse to get another another shot which is not as we know it's not really a vaccine it's a new technology gene therapy but we knew that's what it was going to be let's get more more shots into people's arms and being really concerned because we do have vulnerable children so we wanted we knew that in a way yes it's bad to have another vaccine but in another way maybe people are going to start looking at vaccine the the subject of vaccines a little more closely they're going to do research like they research when they're buying a house or a car or a fridge or a bike that they're actually going to start researching and looking into um, these drugs they're being mandated forced down people's throats forced on our children so I wanted to go back to basics and have a clip of our good friend, Dr. Bill Gates. Oh, he's not a, a doctor. He's a doctor. Being, oh, okay, good. Okay, I didn't think he was a doctor. Just okay, being okay. sarcastic. But maybe he went back to school there. Our friend Bill, that's really has been working for decades tirelessly. For the people. For the people. For the people. He just bought a $43 million a mansion on a uh, coast, I think it's the coast of California, in an area where where he said will be underwater due to climate change by 2050. <laughs> See how altruistic he is. He's buying real estate. It's going to be underwater. Exactly. Very He's like, look, I just want you all to know I'm making the point that I'm spending this money so that I can show you that this house will be underwater. <laughs> yes, and he's been just demonized, the poor... 
the poor guy demonized. There may be a little sarcasm in all of this, yeah. just potentially. So it's just a clip of him just basically, you know, poor victim, just victimizing himself about the vaccine program. Well, let's let's see what, what Billy Bob has to say, okay? Yeah. This was an interesting trust, uh, a case test of people's trust in their politicians or their health system. And, you know, statistically, uh, we didn't do as well as I would have expected. You know, in fact, you know, I'm cited as some, you know, mastermind of some evil yeah, plot uh, in many, many cases. So, no, I didn't expect any of that. Uh, you know, in some ways, the politicization of, you know, taking vaccines and helping protect other people, um, you could almost say that's a step backwards. You know, I hope vaccine acceptance for other diseases like measles is not reduced by this. But, you know, a lot of people jumped in and took the vaccines, but a meaningful minority in most countries were led down a path of believing that not only, you know, was there were there rare side effects, but that the vaccine wasn't uh properly tested or was part of some evil conspiracy we are oh. so evil I in this podcast i mean we're the i don't know what he meant my meaningful minority yeah. <laughs> so we are a minority but we are meaningful we're making a difference we're making a difference just just to the worst though <laughs> yes and there he admits i mean he talks about protecting other people as if this thing protects anyone. You know, I, I go back to what I said at the very beginning of this. You know, uh, he him, him and his foundation funded uh, Event 201, where they went through all of this stuff. They, In fact, they, they even predicted all of these things that would happen. They predicted mask shortfalls and all this. And if he had such a, a belief that this was a reality, then wouldn't he have... Long before Event 201 in the fall of 2019, wouldn't he have uh, uh, bought a mask company and uh -huh. stockpiled masks and was going to be ready when this all happened? Because he had the intelligence on this. He had the manual. Yeah, I mean, it just it's just I, 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 people with that type of... Uh, those types of means, and then to come around and say, well, we, we, we warned you about this, but you didn't do anything. Yeah, it's I just like, love when he says that, you know, his campaign to get everyone vaccinated and protecting others just didn't work as well as he expected. Well, if only you'll get another opportunity, old Bill. <laughs> <laughs> if only. But anyways, I wanted to go back to the other vaccines. Just talk a little bit. I saw a meme the this week that said that U.S. has the highest infant death rate, and it gives 28 doses of vaccines to children by the age of two, whereas Japan has the lowest infant death rate, and no babies vaccinated under the age of two years old. Interesting. Yes, so very interesting. But let's go to the data, you know. And I got a, uh, I downloaded an, I mean, I have lots of books about uh, 
vaccination and injury. I mean, we did so much research to help recover our child. And I just saw a, a, a little pamphlet the other day called An Introduction to Vaccine Safety, which we will link in the show notes. But it talked about the childhood schedule. It talked about several points, one of them being very interesting. So pharmaceutical company misconduct since 1986, Merck, uh, GSK, which is Mm -hmm, thank you, Leo, Sanofi and Pfizer have paid billions of dollars. I mean, if you don't know that yet, they have paid billions of dollars for misconduct and injury related to other drugs that they produced and they're under scrutiny and people are able to sue them for damages. But since the 1986 Act, if you're vaccine injured, you cannot sue those manufacturers. So really, they have no incentive to create a product that is safe and effective. And they have very little uh, data, very little study very little studies very little follow-ups on these childhood vaccines and, well and, and they're really rewarded because as we know they also produce many of the uh, uh, over-the-counter drugs and prescription drugs that uh, go to treat the um, the injured the, the injured you know so that whether nobody it's even autoimmune, suspects yeah. they believe it's safe like I believe they were safe I mean I think the number was something like uh, before COVID, they they would make fifty billion on the childhood vac- vaccinations, and they would make five hundred billion on the subsequent drugs that treat the um, ailments that come out. Now, they're obviously not saying that those ailments come out of the uh, uh, vaccinations, but uh, they do line up with the package inserts. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So they don't have yeah. that. They don't have a motivation to fix it because it it is a, a money making uh, venture to do so. If they did fix it, then these other drugs would lose considerable uh, uh, market uh, value. Yeah, you know, and if you do go and challenge them uh, using the 1986 Act, know that the HHS actually is defense against any claims a vaccine injury. So it's really, really hard to get compensated for any injury, although we know they have had to pay billions of dollars um, out of, you know, taxpayer money yeah. or the tax that is included in the cost of the vaccine. It's over, over $4 billion, I believe, at mm-hmm. this point. Also, the pediatric vaccine clinical trials don't have placebos. So they don't do saline versus the vaccine. So it's really hard to track if there are adverse events and that were caused by the drug because you don't have a true saline placebo. What else? CDC childhood vaccine schedule was created by Pharma Insiders. Congress has repeatedly found that the members of the FDA and CDC committees responsible for approving most of the current licensed and recommended childhood vaccines had serious conflicts of interest with pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, I mean, that's the revolving door, right? That's mm-hmm. happening. You know, people just uh, uh, move from one place to the In fact, we just heard this week that. Uh, you know, the press secretary for President Biden, is, she has inked a, 
a lucrative deal with MSNBC to go become a host over there, oh, you know, and and I, and I was just uh, watching and, and uh, MSNBC, you know, was sure to get many of their questions answered in the uh, press conference. Well, you know, there are obviously many other uh, news organizations of, of lesser uh I don't want to say notoriety, but but uh, less infamous yes. that, that couldn't get their questions answered. So I mean, conflict of interest in government, especially when it comes to uh, uh, the FDA and and uh, CDC and and pharma, is is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And here is the fox taking care of the chicken coop. Here, HHS fails to perform basic vaccine safety requirements after eliminating the market forces that assure vaccine safety. Congress made HHS directly responsible for vaccine safety pursuance to a section of the 1986 Act entitled the Man Mandate for Safer Childhood Vaccines, as seen as seen as we were talking about the HHS recently considered in federal court, it has not performed even the basic requirements of the section, such as submitting reports to Congress on how HHS has improved vaccine safety because the HHS refuses to publish vaccinated versus unvaccinated studies of the vaccine schedule. Now, why do you think that they do that? I don't know. I mean, either... um they think that's unethical to perform a study studies with placebos and vaccinated versus unvaccinated, or they just have conflict of interests. Well, you know, there was another clip that we we're not playing, but I thought it was interesting around um, um, the uh, Del Big Tree was talking about how a lot of people read these headlines that talk about these studies and stuff, and you know, the headline. Uh, basically it's completely antithetical to the data when you actually read the study. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we, and we've talked about that when yeah. we, in, in these episodes, and I think people are going to have to get over this idea that, you know, what they're seeing in mainstream media, as far as what's reported is, is not true. If they would just take a few minutes, I mean, even like 15, 20 minutes and read through some of this actual data in the studies, they would say, okay, wait a minute, this title of this article, you know, summarizing this study it is not applicable whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are outright lying about what it is. Yes, this study exists, and yes, this article exists, but this article's title does not describe... And the the inserts of the the content in the article... Go ahead and play that clip. That clip, uh, yeah. okay. Well, got but yeah, but now I'm not sure which one that was. Is my problem? I think it was the second one. The second one, okay. Yeah. And a lot of the commentary out there right now is saying, well, how can the CDC and the FDA gain back the public's trust? They really lost it here. But no one's really talking about what's happening right now and saying that about this, like you said, these lack or complete loss of uh, medical checks and balance, medical yeah. lawlessness, if you will. Well, let's go to the FDA's press release. So again, they bypassed their Verbat committee, their expert voting panel. This is the independent panel of experts. They just didn't even care to consult them. They gave us a press release. Here it is. March 29th, FDA authorized, authorized a second booster. So they're calling it a second booster dose. And this starts to get confusing. We're going to break it down of two COVID-19 vaccines. That's Pfizer and Moderna for older and immunocompromised individuals. And it says in there, the FDA previously authorized a single booster dose for certain immunocompromised individuals following completion of a three dose primary vaccine 
vaccination series. Hold on. I thought it was a two dose series. Yeah. So they're saying in here three dose series. They go on to say this action will now make a second booster dose. So that would be number five, if anybody's counting, uh, <laughs> of these vaccines available for other populations at higher risk for severe disease, hospitalization, and death. When so did when did three be, end up becoming like the, the the standard? I mean, like you said, when we see fully vaccinated, that was two. It was a two dose program. Right, right. And so let's bring it back to that that fateful time where Marion Gruber, Phil Cruz left the agency over the booster decision. There was this vacuum that was, that was created. A couple of days later, there's an ASIP committee meeting, that's the CDC's ASIP committee. And Stanley Plotkin, the godfather of vaccines, we've covered him here so many times. Yep. He called into that ASIP uh, uh, meeting. And this is what the article, it's actually an article at Stat News that reported on this, the debate over COVID-19 vaccine boosters, what to call them and whether they're needed. So he he interjected here via a phone call and said this, calling the third dose a booster is immunologically incorrect and also gives the wrong impression that somehow the vaccines failed when they could not really have been expected to give a long lasting immunity from the first dose, Plotkin said. So that is where this thing really started. It's kind of weaving around there in the background after he spun that out there. And then it pops to the surface here in this FDA newsletter release. So now we're talking fourth and fifth boosters. And where did the CDC rely on this data from? Well, it says in their own, in their own press release, the immunogenicity data they took from an ongoing open label, non-randomized clinical study at one uh, healthcare center in Israel. And what did that look like? Well, here is the actual study. Let's take a look at it. Fourth dose COVID uh, mRNA vaccine immunogenicity and efficacy against Omicron variant of concern. The authors say breakthrough infections were common, mostly very mild, yet with high viral loads. Get this, vaccine efficacy against the infection was 30% and 11% wow. respectively. That's for 30% for Pfizer, 11% for Moderna. Local and systemic adverse reactions were reported in 80% in Whoa. Pfizer, 40% respectively in Moderna. So this is what the 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 um, FDA so is relying on. This is what upon. they use to override having any of the Verbach, the professional, you know, uh, committee group that was supposed to give their advice or ASIP. They overrode all of those things because of this study that basically says at best you had a 30 percent efficacy and an 80 percent chance of getting, uh, you know, a mild vaccine injury. Yeah. Outrageous. And they looked at some of the st they looked at some of the safety data from the Ministry of Health population coverage in Israel, nothing from America really. And these authors went on to conclude in this study, uh, the fourth COVID-19 mRNA dose restores antibody titers to peak post third dose titers. But they also say low efficacy in preventing mild or asymptomatic Omicron infections and the infectious potential of breakthrough cases raise the urgency of next generation vaccine development. And you know, here we are sitting on the cusp uh, almost a year ago to the day, we had the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, go on N MSNBC and say that vaccinated people don't carry the virus whatsoever. We've right. known this was a lie really since then. We covered it then. And it's been a lie. This this study continues to say this is a lie with even the boosters. And here we have the lead author of that Israeli study. He's been doing the rounds in the media. This was him on NPR. He says, this is the headline, who might benefit from a fourth shot and who might not? He says this, not a third dose, not a fourth dose, not a fifth dose will do anything to stop infections long term, says Dr. Gilly Rajab Yashe, uh, an infectious disease specialist at Sheba Medical Center in Tal Hamshar, Israel, the lead author of the new study. And just, just to cap off this section, so 
I mean, well, but we were kind of left. This is proof. This is proof that they know nobody reads. No doctor reads, no scientist reads beyond the headline. Because they put in there, because of this study, we have proof that it works. We're giving a booster shot. No one's going to read this study. You did. You did. And you found that the lead author is saying, yeah, these things don't work at all. It's not going to stop. You're going to be spreading it everywhere you go. Yet they are so sure that we're that stupid, we're never going to read, that this is what we're basing our information on. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> They don't read it. So if your doctor tells you, yeah, go ahead and do it, they're just reading the headlines. They're not going within the studies because they don't have time. Well, in a lot of ways, it's it's just like what you mentioned earlier with the, you had the friend that told you he still thinks it's the pandemic of the van, uh, unvaccinated. It's, it's, a, it's a catchphrase. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's marketing fodder, right? There's no data. If you say, well, why, why do you believe that? Well, I, I mean, they're, they're telling me that, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're still saying it, you know. So it's, it... But, you know, let's go ahead and dig in into the adverse reactions. Okay, well, take, take us on this, uh, this roller coaster ride. Okay? Yes, what well, we've been seeing. So we keep hearing safe and effective. It's the greatest thing ever, the greatest new technology. We're going to be able to use this in so many other uh, ailments out there. Uh, AIDS, oh, autism. They're even talking about coming with coming up with a... Vaccine for autism, oh yeah. Oh, my gosh. So adverse reactions. You just heard uh, the, the study in one health center in Israel, and they're talking about an 80% rate of adverse reactions. So what are these adverse reactions? Should should we go ahead and, and review Please. what they are? I mean, there was just a nine-page document that leaked from the FDA uh, with just a huge list of adverse reactions in the 10,000, so 10,000 different types of adverse reactions that we, we have been seeing with these shots. And we're, we're not talking about, you know, what they say, the fevers, the chills, the sore arm, like we hear, you know, uh, the doctors say or, you know, people that want you to get the shots say. We're talking about like serious adverse reactions, thrombosis, myocarditis, Carditis, fainting, Bell's palsy, Guillain-Barre, um, uh, central nervous system disorders. Uh, they're uh, they're going to carry you for life. Blistering diseases where the body's not attacking the main brains holding the tissue. And death. Mm -hmm. And that's really what this episode, like the center, death takes center stage in this episode because we're seeing now all-cause mortality spiking in the the younger generation. So there was a 40% increase, and this is data from like insurance groups. They're having to pay out money for people between 18 and 64 years of age. We're seeing a 40% increase in deaths compared to pre-pandemic levels. So so what is what is the difference? That's that's normal variance, right? Forty <laughs> percent. I mean, forty percent. So, on average, you see rises in excess deaths from, you know, catastrophic events, uh, such as you know a flood or things like that. At the ten percent range there, and we're seeing forty percent right now. 
uh, largest insurance company in Germany decided to look at the most ICD codes, you know, which are the codes that insurances will pay for, that your doctor has to put all these codes in your form that's submitted to insurance so the insurance knows what to pay for. And they were paying... Um, they were paying so much money, found an alarming rate of services dealing with vaccine injury in Germany. And then the CEO that blew the whistle then was shortly after fired for, you know, open his big mouth. And then we look at the VAERS data that's currently reporting deaths attributed to this shot. We are up to 25,641 deaths in the U.S. alone. Um, and that's data... From uh, the latest cities from March 11th of uh, 2022. And that's year. the VARES data? There's the VARES data. And I was listening to Dr. Jessica Rose. She's a computational biologist and data analyst. And we'll, we'll share the clip too. She was on Dell a couple of weeks ago and she has been investigating um, these spikes in deaths, specifically in the, the group of 25 and 44 years old. And she's, she actually used the same method that the WHO uses. It's called the Bradford Hill method. And they looked at 10 different criteria to determine uh, association and causation. And uh, the first criteria she was looking at was the temporal, uh, the temporary temporarily factor, so temporal criteria. So she started noticing that in the VAERS data, and temporal meaning uh, from when you got the shot to when you had a reaction, an adverse reaction. And so she started noticing that in the VAERS data, 87% of the reports of anaphylaxis post-injection were happening within 24 hours of the shot. Okay? I'm with you. And then 92% were within 48 hours of the shot, okay? And that was uh, for the population between 25 and 44. For the younger ones, the 5 to 11 years old, 73% of reports happening within 24 hours and 84 made within 48 hours. And 50% of the deaths or severe reactions overall were happening within 24 hours of injections. And I don't think anybody would would argue, okay, if something happened that quickly, that, okay, the odds are really good that uh, you it would is... You surprised, though. That, that people are arguing that against that? People, you bring that up to people, oh, no, it was COVID, or oh, no, it was uh, genetic, yeah. or oh, oh, they already had problems, or like... People's hearts just stopped. Yeah, yeah, it just stopped, you know. So let's talk about <coughs> the deaths between 25 to 44-year-olds within 30 days and post-30 days of the injections. So they were not just, uh, Dr. Jessica was not just looking at the VAERS data. She was also looking at the CDC data. And she found that last fall, and that was the time where the third booster was coming around, she saw an 84% rise in deaths compared to pre-COVID years last fall. Wow, 84%. Yeah, this, this is comparable to like war times, like the Vietnam War. In that age group, of 24, 25 to 44 years old. Wow, that is nuts. I mean, people 
yeah, in their yeah, pride. Yeah, like, yeah. it's us. Yeah. Okay, and the next category she looked at was number of doses. Okay, and that is in the method that the WHO uses. So injury reports also increase with the number of doses. For example, myocarditis cases in between 0 to 15 years of age. The incident was four times higher after the second dose. Four times. Four times. Yeah, that seems like a marker there, mm-hmm. you know. Four times higher. In that age in that age group of these children, they're going to be injured for life. I mean, life expectancy for myocarditis is not it's not great. Very long. It's five to ten years. So very, very serious. And now we're talking about, you know, third, fourth, fifth. I mean, we already have the third, fourth, fifth, sixth. God knows how many are coming. Like people need to start waking up like right now, like yesterday. So that was another category. Then she talked about plausibility being another category, which is relating to the adverse reactions related to the toxicity of the ingredients. So if we look, it's it's really hard for people to swallow that yes, Vaccine injury could cause a neurological disorder, right? what we call autism, right? How are you going to prove that in court? It's really hard. But if you start breaking down every ingredient in your vaccine and the toxicity and the adverse reaction caused by it, you start making the relationship mm-hmm. that, yes, okay, we can, we can call autism, we can call ADHD, whatever. We can call it whatever it is. But if we look at the ingredients and the damage they cause into the human body, the damage they cause into the brain, there is an association there. So you have to look at it a little farther than just saying vaccines cause X, Y, and Z. You really have to yeah. a- ask yourself, what is in these injections? So if we look at these injections, we know there's this uh, spike protein, quote unquote. We don't we don't even really know because under EUA there could be all kinds of different formulations. And yeah, different yeah, lots yeah. They can change it vaccine. up. But if we look at the, you know, which the, by the way, by the way, on that note, still, uh, I was reading that that the um, I can't even think of the name now that Pfizer gave. Um, the approved, I'm using air quotes, do you remember, Comirnaty, mm-hmm. it still has not hit shelves according yes, to everything I'm reading. So so that means every vaccine that's being given is still an EUA-based vaccine. It is not, you know, an emergency use authorization one, which means you cannot, there's no, uh, uh, you can't sue for injury or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, if you go and what's, what, you know, um, healthcare networks are doing they're basically saying oh it's approved so we're going to bypass that step that gives a little bit of informed consent saying this is still under EUA Mm -hmm. they're not even doing that anymore even though they don't have the product in their shelves and I know that firsthand because I'm in that field (laughs) yeah but plausibility going back to 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 the reactions I mean we know that the the lipid nanoparticle has peg PEG in it which is highly toxic polyethylene glycol and then we see the adverse reactions uh being uh just like the adverse reactions you see if you're just 
just ingesting yeah. just ingesting or just exposing yourself to this this ingredient and study shows have shown that this new technology is known to be toxic that is the spike protein is the toxic yep. part of the so-called viruses the virus that nobody has ever seen the in silico virus <laughs> so moving on another category is specificity and that looks at the different populations and what kind of health outcomes would you expect or, or health issues you would expect in these populations. For example, you wouldn't expect that an uh, athlete would have a heart attack. Right. Right? I mean, they're conditioning, they're in the, in, in the field, they're playing, and we see video after video after video of these athletes. I just heard it just like the... falling on, on I, the field. I, I think my, my memory escapes me. I, th- I think it's like the Qatar Open or something in, in uh, uh, the Middle East, and uh, you know they, they had a couple of the main favorites that they thought were going to go far. They both had to bow out because of chest pains and stuff. I mean, it's just unheard of, you know. And then I think the the uh, uh, the big soccer leagues across the world, especially in Europe, they are seeing a lot of these uh, well known players even retire because mm-hmm. you know they're they're having these issues, so they're just kind of cashing in their chips because they don't want to, you know, they want to be with their families, they want to uh, li- live a life. I think they know what's going on. They're not coming out and, and advertising it a lot, but. Uh, it, it, it's it's really startling what we're seeing in the sports field. It is so sad, and we don't we don't typically see children having myocarditis, yeah, inflammation of the heart. Um, and now to see you know the media doing the propaganda, the the pharmaceutical companies pushing, you know, uh, drugs for that kind of issue. Yeah, yeah, like mm-hmm. approving. These drugs for children. Yeah, I mean, you guys see the see how how their business plan works. They injure you, and then they give you more drugs to they, counteract. They, they create the problem, and then they have the, they uh, offer the air quote solution for you Just as well. Brilliant. Just brilliant. Um, and so we really have to question ourselves. Well, and and what I, is different? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree, and I think that this ties in fantastically with, you know, what we've been covering this season, why it's important to, you know, be educating yourself about how can I create separation from the system somehow, because, you know, the system has gone haywire, and it's really coming after you, it's coming after your kids, it's coming after your finances, um, and, and we don't want to dwell on the negative, but, you know, there are there's a lot of great things happening around communities forming and, uh, um, you know, what we're seeing in some of these states from legislation. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's which, talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Did you have some stuff on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the California pro- proposed bills. And it, it's it, California and, I believe, New York, they're like test beds, you know, for that kind of stuff. They're on the sides, and then you see that stuff start to push into toward the middle. So we have to be <clears throat> smart, and we have to be aware. So these are some of... The legislation in 2022, and these bills seem like they're being headed by the same individuals. You know, they're putting their names on it. And then they're getting called on it, and then they're taking their names Names off off. of it. (laughs) But let's look at SB 871, which requires all children be vaccinated for 
COVID-19 for all public, private schools and day, daycare. Daycares, yeah. Daycare. Like back in the day, you had a problem with a vaccine. You had a few people there like swine flu. They pulled it off the market because, you know, a handful of people were dying. What's happening now? They're, they're pushing this to the most vulnerable. Well, keep going. You got a, quite a few there. Yes. Yeah, so we have SB 2539 require proof of vaccination status in order to enter public and private businesses. Okay. Keep going. SB 866 allows children 12 years and older to consent to vaccines without parental consent or knowledge. That's a doozy. And they did that in um, uh, Washington, D.C. And that was, it passed with flying colors until they were called out. Wasn't by, that Children's Health Defense, I believe? No, that was... That was, uh, was it Dell's? I think it was ICANN. ICANN, okay. One I of the can. two. I mean, they often work together in a lot of capacities. But I'm yeah. 12 years old. I know it's nuts. I mean, you can't drink until you're 21, but, but you, you can, can go ahead injected. and choose a medical intervention. That's nuts. SB 1479 require schools to continue testing, tracing, and quarantine. Okay. SB 1464 would require law enforcement officials to enforce public health orders. Law enforcement officials to enforce public health orders. And if they don't do it, they, they would cut their funding, basically. Yeah. It always comes back to money. Yeah. Uh, AB 1993 would require all employees to be vaccinated against COVID-19 in order to work in California. And I believe that one was is on hold right now because there was such a huge upcry and um, there were protests. There, there are more protests actually happening, I think, this weekend in, in L.A., actually, um, against this. AB 1797 would require changes to California Immunization Registry. AB 2098 would reclassify sharing of COVID-19 misinformation by doctors resulting in disciplinary action. So now we can, like censorship to the max. Yeah. I mean, there's already censorship. We know that. But now they're putting that into law where nobody can talk about it. And and who is deeming what is misinformation or not misinformation? Yeah. Those are not even clinicians. Pharma. Deeming Pharma's that. deeming it. Yeah. SB 920 authorizes medical board investigators to inspect businesses, including patient records. No, your patient records are not going to be private anymore. SB 1100 authorizes members of legislative body to remove an individual for interrupting a meeting. <laughs> so, yeah, who... who? So uh, you go to your school board? You're interrupting. Yes. Please remove that, that, mm-hmm. that uh, agitator. Yes. The art of war, right? Mm-hmm. They're coming back with these laws, you know, just... Trying to tie up the loopholes that we have all found throughout these very trying. So is that what you've got? Is that years. is that all yep. in the? Well, I mean, it isn't just crazy. I mean, again, I think, like I said, I think it ties in great. I think that we need to become more adept at the law, and we need to get uh, 
you know, we need to get our hands dirty. You know, we really need to understand how that process works, mm -hmm. you know, and that's what we're trying to do. It's obviously a big task, but, you know, mm -hmm. uh, there were... A big learning curve. Yeah, I mean, there was all these things that we could have spent... I mean, obviously, they're not going to teach you all of law, you know, but I mean, they really didn't teach jack shit in school. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I can't speak for Brazil, but I know in... Oh, in, yeah, Brazil. In in school uh, here in the U.S., I mean, they, they taught you nothing. You know, they taught you the, the, the Bill of Rights, but they didn't even really um, talk about the history of the Bill of Rights, and they didn't talk about, you know in real practice, what do these mean? You know, it was, mm -hmm. it was more just like, just look at the words that are on the paper and then just take memorize them for that them. face value, memorize them. You need to recite them. Mm -hmm. That was like an important thing is that you could recite them mm -hmm. and then, and then move on, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was really up to you to, you know, maybe uh, take an interest and go in more depth in college. But I mean, most people aren't going into history. So to circle back yeah. to our other episodes. So yes, this all looks terrible, right? The adverse reactions, the deaths, what's going on in the world. We haven't even touched into another uh, conflict we have now going on. Uh, made up, you know, <laughs> makes up the shit between. Which conflict is that? There's so many. Which one are you talking about? <laughs> Russian oh, oh, is Ray. that still happening? Is it still going on? Okay. <laughs> We're moving on from COVID. I, I didn't know if you were talking about Chris war. Rock and Will Smith at the Academy oh, Awards gosh. or if you were talking about Ukraine and Russia. I mean, they're about on the same level, on right? The same <laughs> level of entertainment for sure. But here we are, we're having the, is it the wool pulled off over the, your eyes? Yes, yes. We're waking up. It's a tremendous opportunity for mankind to. Look at the system for what it is, why it was created. We have great resources, other episodes telling you it doesn't have to be this way. Yeah. We can choose not to participate. We can choose to stand up, speak for ourselves, look at what's happening and say, hey, I'm not the one that started wars. Hey, I'm not the one that doesn't know how my body works, that doesn't know, that is at the mercy of the healthcare system. You know, I know how my body works. I know what is good nutrition. I know how to take care of my body. I know who the law protects and who the law doesn't protect. I know what the law is, what it means. And I know what to do to take care of myself and take care of my family. Hallelujah, man! You're you're really uh, you're really singing it, sister. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, you you you've been on fire tonight, though. You know, and I, I think that uh, I'm glad we touched on this. I know you did a lot more uh, of the back end research on this particular episode, but I think we did need to come back to this and just say, hey, mm -hmm. you because know, because we're at we're at a interesting point because we're in a bit of a lull. Right. Mm -hmm. There are these other uh, dramas going on that are so soaking up attention. But that doesn't mean that the puck isn't moving in the background. You know, they're passing legislation. Mm -hmm. They're moving chess pieces around while we're all distracted with what, mm -hmm. you know, uh, President Zelensky is doing, you know, or Will Smith or Will Smith. <laughs> and so so you, you really have to pay attention and, and know that, look, we can't just let this data go by the wayside. This is really the heart of it. They're letting all this out now when we're not paying any attention anymore. And we get people are sick of it. They think, you know, that this could be over. Mm -hmm. But 
you know what? You when you're talking about freedom, you cannot let your guard down. You need to stay vigilant, and you need to uh, always have your eye on the prize. I mean, be paying attention so that if you need to shift and make a move, you're ready to do so. Step into your power, people. Step into it. All right. Well, I think are we good? We're good. We're good. All right. Well, that's another episode in the books. Oh man, I had that volume way the hell up there, but I, that's how excited I am. Fabi, what do you want to tell everybody? Hey everybody, thank you so much. Follow us on Telegram. For oh yeah, to- the latest news of what's going on with our podcast. And stay healthy, stay safe, stay curious. All right, we really messed up the sync on that one. That's okay. <laughs> Thanks. Bye.